Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing fantastic. Welcome back to my channel. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. I am Dr. Michelle Daff. And today we are talking about womanhood, understanding the purpose and power of women, God's design for female identity, a book that we are reading by Dr. Miles Monroe. And today specifically, we're talking about giving life as a woman. God never intended a male to live in isolation. It was never his idea for this to happen because God is love. And by nature, love desires to share. There are some selfish men in the world who don't want to get married simply because they don't want to have to share their money with anyone. When some married people get paid, they hang on to their paychecks very tightly. They always think a woman is after their money. There may be some truth to this. However, the reason why she's after it is because she is wired to receive. The reason why she is wired to receive is that if the man keeps his money to himself, it will never multiply. And I'm sure you've heard this from men, especially in the world of femininity. There are lots of men who claim that women are gold digging, women are trying to use them. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'll be just very, very, very blunt with this one. I've never heard this from a man who was actually a man with money. I usually hear this from men who don't have much money at all and think that women are using them for money. Men who are truly well off, truly are also like masculine men, do not think like this. They don't assume that women are after them for their money. And if they do realize that, they don't care because they realize that it's all a give and take and they're happy to do it. They're happy to provide. You don't know, ladies, how many men enjoy enjoy like it's a pleasure for them like think about what's a pleasure for you for me it's like eating ice cream sleeping reading a good book a pleasure it is a pleasure for them to give to women because it helps them feel better being a giver is part of their nature so they're doing what they're made to do which makes them feel good You, my love, as a feminine woman, are a receiver. And when you receive, you feel good because you're doing what you're meant to do. Now, in the book, it continues on just talking about how you as a woman are also a multiplier. So you're given something and you make more of it. And something I thought was really interesting that he talked about in the book was how as followers of Christ, We are the bride. And Jesus always refers to the people who follow him, the church, as his bride. And he refers to himself as the bridegroom. So it's sort of this like feminine form, right? As the bride of Christ, we started off with 12 people. When Jesus was here, he had 12 disciples, 12 followers. And now we've multiplied to like millions and millions of followers. So going back to the point of the woman, the feminine, being a multiplier, even in the spiritual aspect of Jesus and the kingdom of God, we continue 
to multiply and to grow. And it just keeps giving and giving and giving. So I thought that was a beautiful point that I had never considered. And I think it's the ultimate privilege to be the bride of God, right? I mean, how much better can you actually get? So we as a church are taking the seed of the word of God and causing it to multiply into millions of souls so that she can present them to God. God is not going to get back just what he gave. He's going to get more because he gave it to a woman called the church. (laughs) I think that's so beautiful. Now, why is it that men, very few men, attend prayer meetings? If you go to a prayer meeting, you find that it's mainly attended by women. I noticed this at my church and started to wonder about it. And I know personally for me at my church, I always noticed, you know, on Sundays, just looking at the congregation and wondering why there's so many women and very few men. And then the men that were there always looked like they would rather be somewhere else, like, very few men actually looked like they were engaged and wanted to be there. But the author says that he realized that it's because women are incubators. If they're presented with an idea, a need, or a problem, they will take it to heart and will work through it until they arrive at a solution. If a man wants something prayed about, he should just tell a woman. She will take the circumstance into her spiritual womb where she meets with God in her inner being Incubate it for months if necessary, and then bring forth a solution. She will not give up until she receives an answer from God. Jesus didn't say that it was a man who kept knocking at the judge's door in order to obtain justice. You can read this in Luke chapter 18, verses 2 through 8. It wasn't a man who persisted with the Lord Jesus for a healing for her daughter, saying, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. The woman is an incubator. She doesn't quit until she is a full nine months pregnant and ready to deliver. So just know that if you're praying alone for things, that you are not alone. I know a lot of women, you know, we are the spiritual incubators. And a lot of times we feel like our husbands don't care enough to pray about things and to really take things seriously in a spiritual way. And it can be really hurtful to feel like you're the only one that will sacrifice your time in prayer, that will sacrifice your body in fasting, that will sacrifice your Sundays or Saturdays going to church. And you feel like you're fighting battles by yourself in the spirit. And just know that you're not alone in this. This is experienced by so many women I would even argue most women. It's just something that we don't talk about because it's like, it would just be like a bunch of complaining. And, you know, I do think it's talked about in smaller circles, but it's not talked about broadly. And it's something that is unfortunate, but can be changed because your prayers do matter. Your prayers do go somewhere. And when you take the time to pray for your husband to just increase his spiritual life and, you know, for the Lord to really show himself to your husband. When you pray for your family or whatever you're praying for, God hears you, especially if you come to him with a humble heart and you're not judging, you're really just coming to him for yourself. God is not mocked. Okay. That is important for you to know. God is not mocked. 
He is not going to allow you to do what he said in his word, which is be with him in secret and not reward you openly. There will be an answer. There will be a reward. Okay. Even the things that you think he forgot about, he will show himself faithful to you. God is faithful. And it can be so exhausting. Trust me, I know because I experience so much spiritual exhaustion, not just for my own personal life, but being like having to present things on YouTube or on my podcast to you ladies means I have to spend even more time in the presence of God or even more time in the Bible. And it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> being a new mom and juggling a million things and then having to feel like, you know, why am I doing this? Right. And I think we all get to that point, whether it's because of our spouses or because of our children, or just because we don't see anything happening, we start to feel like, why am I doing this? This is taking so much from me, but know that God is not mocked and whatever you reap, you will sow. That is in the word of God. If you sow in the spirit, meaning if you pour your time and your energy and your consecration, like if you decide that you're going to take God's word for what it is and believe God and stand on his promises and do the things that God has asked you to do in terms of having a relationship with him, if you sow in the spirit, you will also reap in the spirit. God will bless you so much spiritually in so many ways. And some of the things that are considered the biggest blessings are things that are intangible. In this world, we always think of blessings as like having a lot of money or having the right man or having a lot of children. Those are blessings for sure. They can be, but the blessings that are truly the ones that make life worth living is being able to be healthy, being able to have joy, being able to have strength and not being exhausted every single day, being able to have time to yourself, having more patience, being less like prone to anger, just feeling the things that money cannot buy. Those things are also blessings, spiritual blessings, and you will receive all of those things and more because you serve a God who keeps his promises. Moving right along in the book talks about the women giving life to things. A woman was made to give life. This means that if you need some life in your life, get a life giver. And I know that this phrase is used a lot, right? Especially like in pop culture, like, oh, this is giving me life. You're eating like a good juicy burrito you're like mm, this this burrito is giving me life or someone's outfit looks stunning and you see then you're like girl your outfit is giving me life right it's it's used a lot as like a, a phrase to just show that something is really moving you but literally we as women are made to give life so not just in the physical form but in that exact form that I just talked about we're made to bring about a certain motion or emotion to the things that we touch. We're made to take something dead, whether it could be, um, well, I guess that's more like a resurrection, but it's something that's small, that's not yet developed and bring it up 
right? A seed and plant that seed and water it. We're that water that seed needs and that sunlight that seed needs and that that soil that seed needs. We're all of that to everything. And <laughs> without us, men would be completely lost and miserable. And so we definitely give life. It's something that you know, some men today are walking around trying to be self-reliant, keeping women at arm's length, and they don't know the life that they're missing. I think men think sometimes when you, you know, I, I hope that we get to a point soon where men and women can truly like one another and really get along. But a lot of times men have a certain view of women and they kind of try to keep women at arm's length until it's something romantic. But God made the female to be the life giver so that whenever you need to give life to something, she can do it. Have you ever been in an apartment of a man who's living by himself? The colors are drab. Everything's out of place. It looks horrible. People tell him, you need a woman's touch. When the man gets married and his wife moves in, she changes the drab look. She puts up colorful curtains, places flowers around the rooms, puts pictures on the walls, rearranges the furniture, and in no time makes it into a beautiful place. When a woman walks into a room, she changes the countenance of that room. She gives life to the place. Ladies, your husbands might not be able to provide you with a castle right away, but you can take what they do provide for you and give life to it. Take the best that they can offer you, incubate it, and give life to it. When you finish with it, the house will have become a home. And I definitely resonate with this because I'm one of those people, like, I tend to look at a space and just kind of, like, see what it could be. But I know, like, with my my house personally, I haven't done that. Like, I haven't brought life to it in a physical way because I don't see it as my forever home. And I'm like, why should I put all this effort into this if I'm going to just move? Right. But this book was a reminder that, you know, it's so important because the smallest things really do brighten up a space. And that's what we do as women. Now, one thing that I have paid a lot of attention to, I think more so than the decorations and the environment is how my behavior can give life. And I believe that's something that I worked really hard on and allow the Lord to really work on me with because I take me everywhere. So if we're talking about you bringing life into a space, yes, like everywhere I go, my place looks gorgeous. Whether it's my office at work, people would walk in and they would just literally like fall in love. I wanted my office to just be a beautiful, serene environment that didn't feel like an office. And that's always been really important to me. But whenever I've been in a place, I've always taken a lot of time to decorate it, to make it feel a certain way. But again, like I said, once I got married, I kind of was like, oh, let me just save up all my all my energy for like forever house and focus more on my behavior because I knew that's what really needed some fine tuning and remembering that in terms of making a space beautiful really starts with my personality, my behavior, my attitude. And I think you as a woman realizing how much life you give really should focus on that first. 
your presence in the home will change the home. It will change a place from looking drab to being beautiful if you greet your children and your husband with a smile when they come home and you're not like focused on your phone or just looking like you're in a bad mood or ready to complain about something, right? The way that people experience you in your home is so important because that is how they perceive you and they live there too. So their comfort in the home relies heavily on the way you behave, which is why, you know, a lot of men spend a lot of time outside the house because they can't stand being with their wives because their attitude is bad. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have a reason to have a bad attitude because I'm sure you probably do, (laughs) but that's not the point. The point is you being responsible for that, that energy and the attitude that you have to the people who reside with you because it's not okay to behave that way, even if you have a reason to. And that's why you allow God to be your strength. You don't rely on your own attitude, your own feelings, because I mean, if I relied on my own feelings, I would be walking around probably with like a annoyed face almost all day (laughs) because I can always find something to be annoyed about. Right. But that's not that's not okay, And it truly does affect the mood of the home. And so realizing that your teenager could bloom out of his depression if he had a joyful, loving, open mom at home versus one that's always complaining about why they haven't done this and how come they haven't done that and that kind of thing. You know, we have such an important role in the lives of the people that we're in contact with, but especially in the lives of men, because men depend heavily on women emotionally. And a lot of times we don't take enough responsibility for the way that we show up in our homes and with our husbands and our children. So it's just something that I want to remind you about. And it's not just, you know, your husband, it's it's all men. All men really do depend on your energy. And it could be a male friend, it could be a brother. I'm not saying that you have to be responsible for their feelings, but if you live with them, just know that A lot of times men don't tap into their emotions fully, but they get that like rejuvenation, that fuel that they need for work or for whatever they're dealing with from the woman that they live with. And a a beautiful smile, a sincere, how are you? Just listening to them ramble, giving them a really lovely meal, but not like with an attitude or like, you know, with a bunch of complaints afterwards about all the things they need to do, but with a genuine smile. Like sometimes it's nice to just give people moments to just be in a moment in peace without any extras and save all of the extras for another moment so that people you live with don't feel like at any moment they can be attacked (laughs) or they can be taken for a ride when they don't expect it. They're just waking up saying good morning. And here you come with a long list of complaints or, you know, an attitude problem. Right. So it's not easy. And that's why, again, you rely fully on God's strength because only God can pull you from, from that state into a place where you are in peace and you can bring that peace and harmony into your home. Many women have gifts of incubation, but have been so beaten down by life and the hurtful remarks of others that they rarely use them. 
They have been told by men and other women that they have nothing to contribute. If this is your situation, I believe that God wants to set you free to develop the gifts he's placed within you and the ideas and visions that he will give you. Do not be afraid. God has given you tremendous ability and you can be a blessing to as many as you reflect the nature of your own creator and life giver. And this is so true. It's so important to know that you as a woman have so much to contribute into this world. You have so much to contribute into the lives of even strangers that you run into. And the only way that you can do that is if you believe that God is with you and that God will help you. He's given you so many abilities as a woman, so many gifts, so many beautiful qualities that have been tucked under the rug because maybe life has beaten you down or you've experienced trauma or you just haven't had an opportunity to really be vulnerable enough to show up as yourself. And right now, God is inviting you to bring all of that to him so that he can heal you and help you and change you to become the woman that he created you to be. And if you have to forgive someone because you knowingly or unknowingly undermined someone's self-esteem and potential by the things that you've said to them, then I would invite you to ask God to forgive you because you as a woman are a life giver, not a life taker. And so if you know that you've used your voice to hurt someone by saying things that brought them down or that took away their life, then I definitely would love for you to take some time and talk to God about that and ask for forgiveness so that you can really step into the things that he has for you because God will enable every single person to be who they were created to be once you come into acknowledgement with who you are. So I want to say a prayer for you, one prayer specifically for those of you who are in marriages and need a spiritual boost in your marriage and just need to kind of remember who you are in that marriage and who you are to God. And then I'll say a very short prayer for you ladies who are maybe struggling with fertility to hopefully ask the Lord to, you know, show you some things about him because God is so amazing and God is so many things, right? And in the Bible, when Moses was going to Egypt to try to free the slaves, he told God, okay, well, who should I say that you are? Like, what's your name? What do you want me to say? And God says, I am. That is who God is. I am. Because that's all God is. He is everything. He's everything that you need him to be. And I am that I am is, it's not a name. It's it's his nature, God is everything. And unfortunately, we as people don't always know God for every single thing that he is because we haven't experienced God as everything. But God is your healer. He is your provider. He is your protector. He is your counselor, your lawyer, your financial advisor. He's everything. But we have to know him as everything. And he can turn any situation around it's important that you're able to know him for whatever it is that you are needing in your life. So I want to invite you to experience God as your miracle, your miracle worker, you know, your life giver, 
the one that resurrects a dead situation, whether you feel like you cannot have children or they, you've been told you cannot have children or you're struggling to conceive or maybe you've suffered from miscarriages, maybe you've had abortions and you just are in a place where you're afraid to try because you think that God will judge you and you know you won't be able to whatever your situation is a very very touchy and hard topic as a woman especially as we're talking about being a life giver if you feel like you have not given life or you feel like you have taken life that you were meant to give it's something to definitely stay in prayer about and allow the lord to show you himself in this situation because he will If you have faith that he will, he will. So actually, I'm going to go ahead and pray for you ladies first. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your daughters. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing them to be here today and listen to this word, how we as women are life givers. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you allow us to be forgiven for the sins that we've committed towards you and towards others. And I ask, Lord, that you open up the wombs of every single woman listening to this content. Allow them to know you as the one who gives life and to put a seed in their body. Allow them to be fruitful and bring life into this world in a physical way so that they may see your goodness and your mercy and your faithfulness and that you, Lord, are a miracle worker and you can turn the places that were dead into places full of life. We pray, Father God, that you just come into the hearts of every single woman who is in need of being a mother, in need of being a life bearer, in need of learning how she can bring life to any situation. We ask that you show yourself to them and that you show them that you are a God who keeps his promises. We thank you in advance for every single thing you've done in our lives. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to say a prayer for wives who have husbands and you're just wanting to have a little bit of spiritual revival in your marriage, have more love in your marriage. This is actually, this particular prayer is actually a prayer. It's not, it's not something I'm making up out of my own head. I am reading it out of a book that is made for wives who are praying for their husbands and for their marriages. And um, I'm going to go ahead and read the prayer out to you. Jesus, thank you for the perfect picture of marriage through your relationship with the church. Help us replicate that model in glorifying you. Teach us to love one another and make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Father, do not let us grow apart or become comfortable in going our own ways, but bring unity between us so that we may be like-minded towards one another. I lift our marriage to you, asking that you redefine us to be perfectly united in mind and in thought. Lord, I pray our commitment to you and to each other will grow stronger every day, binding together a tie that is not easily broken. Infuse us with the love, the power of love in its pure form. Teach us to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as we've been forgiven in Christ. Let us not grow weary of doing good to each other so that at just the right time, we may reap an abundant harvest. Lord, I pray you will protect us from anything that could harm or destroy our marriage. When trials persist, bring out of them a stronger marriage and faith. Let nothing come into our hearts, minds, and actions that could threaten our marriage. I take a stand against the enemy's schemes to divide us through lust of the eyes and flesh. 
open our discernment to recognize bitterness, jealousy, irritation, doubt, distrust, or the like, and not let them grow into full-blown division of our marriage. Unite us, Father. Give us one mind and one spirit. Make our marriage a blessing to us. Help us find fulfillment, meaning, purpose, and growth in our commitment to each other. Protect us, Father. Preserve and strengthen our commitment to each other and to you. In Jesus' name, amen. That is such a beautiful prayer. And I hope and pray that all of this that you listened to today blessed you and just strengthened you and allowed you to know that there is so much power in you, my love. You give life. So use that power to give life to every single thing, every single person you encounter, every situation you encounter. Be the one that gives life. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Let me know how things are going with you and your marriage. And if any of this information has helped, I will see you next time. Remember, in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.